Um, I want to start out by just a little story. So there was, um, there was three captives who were going to be released. Their captors no longer wanted to take responsibility for them, but they didn't want to kill them. They didn't really want to release them, so they were going to send them off across a stretch of desert just to their own death or to freedom if they could make it across, but they were allowed one item each to bring along. And the first man said, well, I think it's, I think it's only about a two-day trip uh, you know, by foot. I'd like an umbrella just to keep the sun off of me so I don't get you know, too much exposure to the elements. So they gave him an umbrella. The second man said, um, I know I'm going to be thirsty in a two-day walk across the desert, so I'd like a canteen of water. So they gave him one that makes sense. And the third gentleman said, I'd like a car door. So they brought him a car door. They hand him a car door, and they start walking on their journey. And uh, as soon as they get out of earshot of their captors, the, uh, the, the first two kind of turned to him. What's the plan with the car door? You know, what do you got, what do you got uh, planned? He's like, what do I have planned? If I get hot, I'll roll down the window and put my head out. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a groaner. But no, uh, as, we've, as we've taken missions trips, one thing that we've really learned is that everybody packs a little different. Everybody prepares a little different for a missions trip. There's nothing like flying 3,000 miles away to surroundings you're not familiar with to really bring out some of the quirks in people, some of the strengths in people, and, and just to really get to know people. Um, some people pack in a little, uh, little duffel bag or something that you wonder how they could fit a week's worth of clean laundry in there. Uh, others, like the Genki family, they, uh, if you've got everything from a hangnail to leprosy, they've got the cure in their bag. Um, but they also have the jerky and the nuts and the chocolate, so, you know, they're, uh, no, they're, they're great travelers, and, and uh, you just kind of understand how people travel and how people are prepared. And I want to share with you a little bit about, about being prepared. Um, he's been preparing us for a long time, and he's been preparing you for a long time. He's always preparing us for something, for that next step, the next faith step, that next part of your journey. And he's really been preparing Word of Grace, I feel. That this, this step of missions for us is not just some big step that the Weed family is doing. This is a big step for Word of Grace. Word of Grace hasn't sent out a missionary that, that I'll say kind of came organically through the church and is being sent out. This is, a, this is a big step. It's a real big step. And we're in this together. And it took time and preparation. We talked, it's been four or five years now of really building that missions culture and, and really making that a part of how we, we look at our outreach and how we look at our ministry here at the church. Many of you have seen the faithfulness of God in the eyes of these kids that we're going to minister to. Um, I think this year it'll get up into the 80s or maybe even close to 100 people now who have come down with us on various trips or have been impacted directly coming on these trips. And you've seen the, the eyes of these kids, knowing the pain they've been through and seeing just that, that joy despite it. And that's really what, what I want to encourage all of you to be a part of. I want to show all of you, I want to bring you all with us to see that, to see God's faithfulness in those eyes. And that's going to be kind of a part of the role that we're going to be in down there, is we're going to be communicating back the testimony of what God is doing in the kids' lives down there. And that will use that to encourage churches like Word of Grace or other churches to become part of that, to bring that as part of what they're doing in their church, uh, in their church body. We're already excited about the testimonies we'll be able to send back. You saw the video a little bit, we, we plan to send back uh, testimony videos. We tend to just send updates and be very connected. It's a little bit easier now to be a missionary than maybe it was 20, 30 years ago in terms of, of family connections and things like that. Now we've got Skype, we've got Facebook, we've got email, and we, we'll have those things. So those are some of the creature comforts that make this a little bit more palatable for, for some of us who are going to be missing family and friends and things. You know, and so there's going to be that connectedness. 
but we want to bring you with us and make you part of what we're doing. In the Heartwork series, Pastor Derek talked about how the enemy wants to use our past um, to, to really suppress us. He wants us to, um, to falter, to question our calling. He wants us to stay in a rut, stay in the status quo. He doesn't want us to excel. He doesn't want us to prosper. And he does a really good job. He does a real good job suppressing and, and using our past, um, sometimes painful, sometimes comfortable, um, to keep us from stepping out in faith. It's God's plan, though, for us to have an abundant life not to be trapped in this kind of a scenario. From last week, Pastor talked about John 10.10, where it says, The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. Then I have come that they, have may, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And what is abundant life? He doesn't go into the details of what is abundant life. But what is abundant life to you? Is it a, a nice car? Is it a nice home? Maybe it's a little more noble than that. Maybe it's you wished you had a healthy family, wish, wish you had um, you know, kids that love and respect you, or you wish that you had a particular ministry or outreach. Those are noble things. What is abundant life? I challenge you to think that abundant life is being in the will of God. It's being close to him. It's being in a place where your daily work is like the, the, the graphic there. It's our heart work. It's the thing that God put in you specifically for you that aligns with his heart, heart work and the things he's passionate about, and us using our gifts and our talents to accomplish that heart work. So really cultivating what he's put in you to do his ministry and his work. Matthew 6.34 says, Seek first God's kingdom and what God wants. Then all your needs will be met as well. And again, I would say, what does God want? He wants our hearts. That's what he wants. He doesn't want our our, our money. He doesn't want our actions. He wants our heart. That's what he wants. That's the will of him. And I would argue that it's much better to seek, to seek the guide, not the guidance. To seek him and his will will become evident. You know, so often people say, well, I'm really seeking the Lord's guidance or the Lord's will in this. Should I take this job? Should I, should I marry this person? Should I get a haircut today? Should I, you know, what should I do, God? Just draw into God. Press into God. Seek the guide, not the guidance. I think those are, it's an important difference to, to understand. It's always better to seek him. And then following his will, and following him, your actions, the act of following him, really becomes the fruit of your faith. Your actions come out of going in the right direction, going towards God. If we put ourselves in a place of truly seeking first his kingdom, then all of our daily needs will be met. In the video, we mentioned um, the position that we're taking in Mexico is unpaid. And so in some cases, the daily needs are going to be provided by some of you. It'll be by churches like Word of Grace. It'll be by, by friends and neighbors and partners of, of, of the church community who step up to, to really send us out. And we're going to be an extension of you. You know, it talks about us being the body of Christ. And we're just kind of that outstretched arm. We're still a part of Word of Grace. We're going to still stay connected. But it's like we're that outstretched arm. So we are part of you. And so we're really just trusting in God to provide for that. He's going to be faithful. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So what that underscores is just that God's not going to call us and my family into this ministry and then leave us high and dry. He's not going to call us there just to give us stress and anxiety about how we're going to uh, go through life day to day with the needs that we have. He knows we need that stuff. He knows that we all need that kind of stuff to survive. But we just want to be 
those that are, are obedient to his calling and step out and seek first his kingdom. And he's put that on our hearts, that this is his kingdom for us. This is growing his kingdom. See, God doesn't call the equipped. He doesn't call people who are ready to do his work. Just about every example in scripture, he equips the called. He surprises people oftentimes with the calling. You think of Moses. Moses was uh, a shepherd, and God comes to him and says, you're going to lead my people out of exile. You're going to lead an entire nation of millions out of Pharaoh's clutches. And he kind of stutters and stammers and says, you know, I, I, I can't even speak. You know, I, I don't publicly speak, not unlike myself too often. Uh, but he, he, uh, he just didn't feel equipped. But God, did, God knew his potential. God knew what he was going to do through him. And Moses was obedient to that. In the same way Noah. Noah was called to build an ark. Maybe he had some carpentry skills already. I, I don't know that. But I'm pretty sure he didn't know how to call animals two by two. I'm pretty sure he was just, you know, trusting that, okay, God, I'm in this. Um, and God didn't leave him in the lurch. He didn't leave him, you know, made look like a fool. He didn't stress him out. He gave him the confidence that when people came up and asked him, what are you doing, you crazy man? He was saying, hey, I'm building this ark because I'm, I was told by God and I'm being faithful and obedient. We don't have to know all the next steps. We just have to know the one that we do know, and we need to follow that. Gideon is another example. I like the story of Gideon. Gideon was the least in his family, kind of like myself. I'm the youngest of six, but then he was the least of his tribe, so he's kind of the least of the least. And um, they were uh, under suppression by a, an, an opposing nation, and so here they are living in fear, and actually, Gideon is down in a well, down in a pit, threshing wheat. And if you know anything about threshing wheat, you need wind for that to separate, you know, and blow away all the, the chaff. And so here he is down in this pit, threshing wheat, and the angel of the Lord comes and says, you know, Gideon, you mighty warrior. You know, and so he looks up out of the pit, you know, where he's threshing wheat out of fear for his life. And I, I can only imagine he kind of laughed at that. And uh, you can see that he says, no, you know, not me, you, you're not referring to me. And the angel goes on to say, yes, you, and you are going to lead God's army to victory. You are going to just redeem these people. And um, so what did Gideon do? Did he jump out and go charging ahead? No, he, um, he leaned on his flesh a little bit. He said, you know, God, are, are you sure about this? You know who I am, right, and, and what I've got and what I have to offer. So he puts the fleece out one night, and he puts it out another night. One night it's dry, one night it's wet. And so he does kind of these tests to kind of qualify and make sure. But God didn't hold him responsible for his test, his flesh. He didn't, he didn't hold that against him. He still used him. You know, we've got some anxieties of our own, you know, as we're moving to Mexico. But like these examples, God has always provided. He's always supplied. And he always will. He promises to do that. You know, we do have, I'll say, some anxieties. We've got things like uh, getting our visa in order. We've got things like... Um, uh, getting a car, finding a place to, to live down there. There's the actual move and just sort of all that, that comes into that. But once we have a healthy understanding of who we are in the eyes of God, once we've received new life, we're not going to let those things stand in the way. We have only one thing to do, and that is to do our heart work, to pursue what God has put on our heart. And we know it's also what, what he's got on his heart. We know God's love for orphans and the poor. We know his heart. And he's really put that in ours. He's put that in our heart as our heart passion. For us, it's crystal clear that this is what's next for us. This is our calling. This is our, our mission, our next step. And we're answering that call. But like I said, we're taking you with us. We're not some super Christians. We're not some spiritual elite. We're part of Word of Grace Church, learning and growing in our, in our faith and our maturity every, every day. 
but it's just that we are that extension. We're that outreached hand of Word of Grace in this case. God has a vision for how he can use our gifts, our willingness, and our experiences, both good and bad, for his glory. And his glory is our good. It's often said that everything happens for a reason. You know, you hear this when people uh, maybe have a tragedy in their life. Maybe it's when they get looked over for a promotion or um, maybe a hurricane. Or You hear everything happens for a reason. It's kind of the, the world say, way of saying, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't help it, so I'm just dealing with it. But I prefer to find more solace in God's promise in Romans 8.28. It says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That's not just some warm fuzzy that makes us feel good as Christians. That's a promise from God, the creator of the universe, the designer of me, to me, that everything around me, this moment right now, you who are here, who are hearing, just everything is happening for his good because I know that I do love God. I know that I am called according to his purposes. And that's the case for many of you as well. You can, you can rest in that assurance, that confidence, and that promise. And not only is it that promise for me and you, but it's this promise for these 100 kids. Right now there's 100 kids, but the dorm building that they have right now can house up to 300. There's 2 million street kids, um, kids living in, in abuse situations, hungry, abandoned, homeless, all kinds of different situations. 2 million just in Mexico. That's 2 million stories and painful pasts that I'm going to say are going to go to waste unless those kids and those families come to a saving grace in, in Christ. Again, the verse says it's for those who love him and are called into his purposes. That's, that's who it's all going to work out for good. So I think that's so important to understand that we don't want to have all this pain and suffering happen in vain. We want them to be able to use that to then leverage it to make that part of their God story, to use that for his purposes, for his kingdom. That's when the true healing comes. Then these kids will be able to empathize with, with the other kids around them. They'll be able to kind of grow and, and learn and, and mature that way. We don't want that to go to waste, and we want to reach those who are hurting because otherwise that hurting will go unused by God. God's ready. God wants to use their past for his glory, but it's up to them to make that decision, and it's up to us collectively to make sure that they hear and that they have that opportunity to do so. Just as God's preparing us to go, he's also preparing living hope to receive us um, Living Hope not only rescues kids off the street, but they, they raise up these kids to understand their heart work. They train young people. Alyssa's sister actually is in Mexico right now, three weeks into a five-month ministry school there at Living Hope. It's, it, they use it as a training grounds for young people to go into missions, not too unlike ourselves. We're going to be training on the job, but um, they, they see that this is a long-range thing. This is a long-term um, way to help others. They're, they're empowering, they're enabling, and they're showing, showing these kids how their heart work can align with, with God's heart work. Like I mentioned in the video, God's been preparing us for this in a lot of different ways. Um, I was born and raised in a Christian home. I gave my life to the Lord at a young age. Um, I got married to Alyssa, who also passionately loves God and loves his work and has the same calling. Uh, we had two kids, Sierra and Kaylee, who are now 10 and 12. And uh, the neat story about Sierra and Kaylee, and this just kind of shows the, the groundwork that, that God has been laying in advance. When they started kindergarten here in Sheboygan, we, en we enrolled them in a dual language submersion school, meaning that uh, half their time was really spent just only speaking Spanish. They didn't go to Spanish class. Their classes were taught in Spanish. So it was pretty intense. 
And we thought, well, this is a good idea. It helps them, you know, what we read was helps them kind of think think um, more better problem solving and it just gives them clarity and it just kind of broadens their horizons. It's it's a good cultural thing. And I mean, who doesn't wish they spoke another language? Yeah, I, I wish I spoke Spanish. But um, I'm working on it. <clears throat> but now it's to the point where we're literally going to the girls with our Spanish homework saying, um, what's the answer to number four? <laughs> you know, and so it, it's, it's neat to just to kind of see how God, at their impressionable age, when they were in kindergarten, we had no, no idea of our calling to Mexico at the time. But God knew it. God knew it and he was preparing the way in advance. He's always preparing us. And I look at even our job and our technical vocations now. Um, we're both graphic designers and artists and, and marketing professionals. And so um, God's been using some of Alyssa's connection here at the church to just continue to, to grow relationships and to refine her, her design ability, mine as well, at my job. Um, and so God's been preparing us just from a, a technical standpoint and being able to contribute and growing our talents to be ready for that. Not to mention our missions trips. Like I said, this year we're leading our fifth missions trip. And so that's given us a good understanding of kind of what we're getting into, where we're going, what's involved. Uh, we've got to meet the people down there who have encouraged us and have just sown wisdom into our lives. Um, so that's been a big part of our preparation. One neat thing I'll, I'll share with you too is the girls, um, Sierra and Kaylee are, helped us develop this, this video series. It, we're developing, it's called Coins for Hope. It's a program that we developed for Sunday school classrooms and like homeschools and Christian schools and wherever uh, people want to put it in place where it connects kids to kids. So it's not some adults telling a kid's classroom to give money toward a certain thing. It's, it's our girls explaining and being firsthand examples of how they can be involved in the work. And uh, so it's a program that we're rolling out. And so what I want to show you is this is the fourth episode of a four-part video series that the girls are, are emceeing just to kind of show you their <coughs> ministry and how they're getting started. Did they do great or what? And I, don't, and I don't think that's just a dad speaking. I really think they did a great job. And I know now in their seats they're kind of not overting their eyes, but they did a great job. And I think it just really underscores the fact that this is a family thing. This isn't mom and dad going off to do missions and bringing the kids along like luggage. It's making them a part of it. It's a family calling. The kids are, they understand what it's like down there. They've been down there. They know the hurt but yet they see the joy, and they want to magnify that joy in others. So this is, this is a family thing. It's not just a mom and dad thing. I want to share with you a little bit now about our actual move. Um, move the, uh, is usually a verb, but lately to us, it's been a great big noun. You know, it's the move. Uh, a lot has to come together for that. I, I talked a little bit about you know, the visas, the paperwork, the documents, the, the health insurance, the different things. Um, Alyssa and I have moved eight times in our first eight years of marriage. We've been, we've been kind of stable here now for, for several years, but we've done a lot of moving. And now as we, we make this move, we wonder, you know, will it be our biggest move ever? Will it be our furthest move? Or will it be our last move? When you're moving to Mexico, those kind of questions have a lot more gravity to them. How long will we live there? Will we live there indefinitely? Will we live there a year? Will, we don't know that answer. The better question is, are we willing? And what are we willing to do for God? That's, that's the more important question. Right now, I, I say yes, and I pray that that's always our answer, that we would be willing, that we would stay formable, and that we would stay accountable and obedient to what God's calling us to. 
move the verb is exciting. That's the active part. That's the, the adventure of it, the, the unknown. And, and we're a family that likes to explore. We do interesting and sometimes kind of crazy stuff together. And, and we're creative in that way. But we like to explore the world around us. And so we're excited about that part. But obviously, there is a little bit of the apprehension of the unknown. Um, and so that, that does come into play. We're going to be moving down there uh, by airplane. And so our lives will be in suitcases. And so think about moving to Mexico and bringing your life in a suitcase. That's a little bit different than, than loading up the vehicle and, and making a move or renting the U-Haul and moving you know, across town. That's a big deal. But we're a family on the move, and we enjoy the world around us, and we're, we're anxious for, for whatever comes our way. I love the analogy I, I heard once about, it's kind of about moving for God. Picture you get into a, a parallel parked car. So you get in the car, it's, it's parallel parked, you put the key in, but you don't start it, you just put the key in, and you, you turn the wheel. Is that pretty easy? That's like two hands tough. When that power steering isn't kicked in, when you're not, when, when you're just sitting there stationary, it's really hard to turn that wheel. So kind of think of that as kind of your life without God. Can you steer? Sure. Is it, is it going to damage the steering wheel? Is it going to wreck the, the tires? Are you going to hurt yourself? You know, you're kind of at the mercy of the physical world around you, but now imagine you, you, you start the car. You leave it in drive, but start the car. All of a sudden, the power steering kicks in, right? You now you can even kind of, kind of muscle it to angle out of that parking spot. Kind of just picture, now that's when you come to Christ. That's when you kind of, now you have the power in you. You've got the potential. You're running. You're, your engine has started. But now you drop it into drive. Then what happens? All of a sudden, now you, you lurch. You start, you start rolling. All of a sudden, what happens to the steering? The steering, I mean, you can, you can one-finger steer. I don't necessarily recommend that, but it, it gets real easy. It gets easier to steer. It also gets more liberating. It gets more freeing. Now you're rolling. You're going where you want. You're going, you're going wherever you choose. You've got those choices. So think of that. As you, as you start rolling, it's, it's like God steering you now. It's easier for your life to be steered by God once you're moving. So move towards him. Move towards him, and he can steer you. You know, so many people, you can tell these drivers, too, when you're behind them, where they're, they're watching the road in front of them, you know, and they're, they're kind of jockeying for every little crack and pothole, and you can kind of tell those short-sighted drivers. But in driver's ed, they say to look ahead. They say to look toward your destination. And that's where the steering is more gentle. Yeah, you're going to hit little bumps, and you're going to hit things, but they're, you're not going to overcorrect. You're not going to be be hasty in your, in your movements. You're going to be going toward the, the source. You're going to be going toward your destination with a, a steady approach. And that's really where, where I call you all to move. I call you to move toward God, toward your destination. We're moving toward God, and there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be things that come up in all of our lives. But I just pray that you just continue to move toward him. As our faith grows a little bit, and we, God kind of puts the accelerator down sometimes, and I feel that that's right where we're on the brink of. God puts the accelerator down, what happens? All of a sudden, things speed up. Things, you get more responsibility. Um, there's, there's more freedom, but you're, you're, you're more aware of your surroundings. You need to be watching ahead. Your impact is greater. And so there is that accountability and responsibility. So I ask that you would pray that we keep it, keep it on the road, that we keep it between the lines, that we would continue to pursue God in that way. We're going to be... In a, in a situation where that's, that's what we're going to have to rely on. We're going to be relying on God. We're going to have to be leaning into him. And yes, there's going to be things that come up. And, 
In the same way, we're praying that you would move for God, that you would move toward him, that you would be formable and that you'd be obedient to what he's having you do. To make things happen for God, to make it easier for God to steer you by his leading, it puts people in places that you need to go and people you need to meet at the mercy of your decisions and will you pursue God and who will you bring across your path. Again, many people seek God's will in their life like it's a predetermined roadmap or that it's etched in stone and if you get off of that, you know, you're on your own. But I, again, I would say don't worry so much about what is that point A, point B, point C. Worry about are you in the will of God? Are you drawing in? Are you pressing into God? And are you allowing him to form and to shape and to pull you in the right direction? Seek the guide, not the guidance. I feel it's God's will for us to seek him and pursue him and know him. That's the will of God. If you want to know what the will of God is, that's what it is. That's what he created us for. He created us to be in perfect communion with him. And like Kaylee said in the video, our decisions sometimes are painful to others around us. Our decisions have gotten this world in the situation that it's in, but it's our job to, to just press into God and make that impact. The final part of our move I want to share with you is how it applies to our vocation and soon our ministry. I mentioned we're both in marketing and design and graphics and things like that. Um, so the last seven years, at least for me, and several for Alyssa too, it's all about, you know, hey, sign up here, click here, enroll, buy, purchase, show up on time. You know, you're always communicating something through your design and you're writing to that end. But soon we're going to be not moving people to buy the latest and greatest. We're going to be moving hearts. We're going to be moving hearts to participate in what God is doing. Maybe it's through us. Maybe it's just directly. Maybe it's just in the different communities that we don't even know or won't know of the impact. But moving other people's hearts to move the hands and feet and the resources and the relationships of others. At the Youth Home in Puebla, there's 100 moving stories. There's 100 kids there right now. So there's 100 moving stories, but are they really moving? Is a story moving if it's not told? Obviously it's not. Is a story moving if it doesn't result in action? No. It's called a moving story because it moves something. It moves a heart. It moves action. The stories of these 100 kids are certainly sad. They're impactful. They're miraculous. They're amazing. They're great. But are they moving? I think they are. And I, part of our role is to make those moving stories move the hearts of God's church, to move the hearts of you, to communicate that back, to communicate it to other churches, to communicate that, that moving story and that, that heart story, that God story, that salvation story with short-term missions teams that come down to make it impactful, to change lives. There's seven people now, six people now, young people who have been down on one of our short-term trips that say, you know what? I... I love this. I feel like God is calling me to this. This is, I think this is my heart work to do this. I mentioned Alyssa's sisters down there now. I think of the niece of, of someone here. I think of, of um, just other young people who have said, you know what, now that I've tasted that, I've tasted that the Lord is good. And there's a, a hunger and a growing appetite to continue that and to foster that and to culture that. So the stories of these kids are moving, but it's our job to make them moving truly, to tell that story effectively. And we hope and we pray that our, our talents and our gifts would certainly, certainly result in that and result in that impact. God loves orphans and the poor, and so do those who follow Christ. 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11 says, God is the one who gives seed to the farmer 
and bread for food. He, gives, he will give you all the seed you need and make it grow so there will be a great harvest from your goodness. He will make you rich in every way so that you will always give freely. And your giving through us will cause many to give thanks to God. This service you do not only helps the needs of God's people, it also brings many more thanks to God. Again, giving through us will cause many to give thanks to God. This service you do not only helps the needs of God's people, it also brings many more thanks to God. So I ask you, will you join us in building the kingdom of God? Will you join us in our heart work? Will you partner with us? Will you purpose in your heart to first seek him, but then to seek your heart work and to seek effective ministry around you that you can be a part of, that you can, you can play a role in? So I ask you, will you partner with Christ and now our family in God's work, in his heart work? Let's pray. Father God, you're so good to us. You treat us so much better than we deserve. And Lord, we just pray that we would recognize that, that we would press in, Lord, to your will, that we would draw first to you and then to the world around us. Lord, that we would keep our eyes fixed on you, that we wouldn't worry about, about what we're going to eat or drink or where we'll, we'll sleep. Lord, you know we need that stuff. You know that we all have needs, but Lord... You have needs too, and you have a need for us to draw into you, to press into you, Lord. Lord, we understand that, that the things around us are happening for our own good and your glory, Lord, when we love you. And we just pray that you would just continue to draw people to you through us, that you'd help turn the painful stories into stories of, of your goodness, of your healing, and that the ripples, Lord, of, of your effectiveness there in Mexico would just carry outward to, to the greater country, the world, Lord, that it would just impact and change churches, that it would in, impact individuals just to act, to move, and to draw near to you, Lord. We just pray that you give us the courage that we need, that you'd just continue to be faithful, Lord. We know you will, but give us the courage to, to shake off any hindrances or, or obstacles, Lord, that are holding us back from, from reaching our God-given potential. Lord, help us just to press into you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you give Dave a hand this morning? Thank you so much for sharing. Um, thank you for sharing your heart uh, for what you guys have. Thank you for your heart for a word of grace. Um, you guys have been here, you said, for six, seven years and uh, at Word of Grace. And uh, during that time, you, have, uh, you and your wife have put together mission trips. You have been involved in various ministries. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you knew this or not. This may be your first time here, and you may be. I don't even know who Dave and Alyssa are. They're a very special couple in our church, and, and we really appreciate all of the work that you guys have done here in our church. And Alyssa was on staff with us uh, for a little over two years. as She was our office administrator as well as our graphics. So when you saw that bulletin design and you thought, oh, that looks cool, or when you saw that really cool slide or whatever may have been up, uh, odds are is that Alyssa made that. And we really appreciate her. And personally, I really appreciate everything that you did in the office and just how dependable that you were. And thank you for working with me in the transition of coming here uh, a little over a year ago. Um, she was real patient with me and helping me learn a lot of stuff. And I uh, found out that Alyssa does a lot of things around the church. She's the person that does those things that you're like, okay, so who, who does that? Oh, yeah, that's Alyssa that does that. Or go ask Alyssa. Um, you know, we all need T-shirts that say go ask Alyssa. So uh, that, that could be a bumper sticker on all of our cars, you know. 
because she's, she's just made herself so valuable to our church, has done a lot, and, and it has taken a, a lot of people learning a lot of things to replace all of the things that you've done, and I uh, appreciate that. And uh, thank you so much for uh, you guys' heart. It's, it's really cool, you guys, because a lot of times when you support missionaries, it's like, okay, let me introduce this couple to you that's doing this work in this such, such and such country, and, but it, it's really an even cooler thing to me. That, hey, these are people that we know, people that have served alongside us, people that have, you know, uh, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, dug in the trenches with us and, and worked with us, and now they're going. Isn't that awesome? I, I just think that's really cool. And we should count it an honor, church, to get to be a part of this, okay? Um, and, and Dave is right. It is a big deal for Word of Grace because you guys just thought of this. I didn't say this in either of the other services. You guys are the front runners on this deal. You guys are the forerunners from Word of Grace because I believe as a pastor of this church, we're going to raise up other missionaries, other pastors, other prophets, evangelists, teachers that are going to rise up out of this church and go and do the work of the ministry. Amen? Awesome. You didn't hear what I said. Y'all ain't listening to me. This is, this is a powerful thing. This just hit me. I'm sorry. I'm just a little jacked up right now. Uh, it could be the flamingos in my yard. It could... It, I don't know. Um, you know, it's... Uh, that's special, man. That's really special. Um, you guys are the first. You're, you're front run. You're, you're, it's almost like you're... you're uh, forgive me. Give me just a second, okay? Just, just you know, talk amongst yourself. Um, I'll give you a topic. No, <laughs> getting a little verklempt up in here. So um, it's, like, uh, it, it, it's, it's like a barrier is being broken and it's opening the door. You guys are paving the way, man, for other missionaries and ministers and pastors. And, and it's, 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 it's going to happen, man. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, so I guess as your pastor, I want to tell you thank you. Thank you, Alyssa, for stepping up. Thank you, Sierra. Thank you, Kaylee. Because you guys are part of this. And I love that. I love that about you guys. I love what you said, that, um, that this is a family ministry. Because so often it is mom and dad and kids do get drug along. And, you know, uh, and, and, and that's difficult. That puts tension. You know, kids may even grow up resenting ministry because, you know, we had to do this and I had to give this up. And maybe the kids weren't at a place or a maturity where they wanted to. But you guys want to. You guys are stinking awesome. <laughs> I think you guys are great. For doing that. I'm really proud of both of you ladies. Um, I'm, I'm friends with Kaylee and Sierra, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Um, we get to hang out a lot when mom would drag them up to the office after school because she had some extra work to do. And uh, I told us in the other two services, so I'll go ahead and tell us. They made me this wallet out of duct tape, and it was stinking awesome. I loved it. I have a really nice wet leather wallet, and, uh, and, and I immediately, right there, in that moment, took everything out of my wallet, and I put it in my new wallet, and I kept everything in there until it got gross. Because, because duct tape in, in, in pants, you know, occasionally it just got sticky and gross, and, but, but I kept it as long as I could and used it. And uh, so... So we're friends. We talk about uh, iPod games and stuff like that and, and different things, and I enjoy them as well. And I'm proud of you guys for stepping up and, 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 and realizing the family call of ministry. That's special. You guys, this is really cool. And, and, and Dave, I'm really honored um, that you uh, 
would you know do this at this time i think it's 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 god's timing on you guys life and we want to bless you we want to see you succeed amen church come on um you know i'm sure everybody has a lot of questions um and there's a lot of things that we could talk about but one of the things that i do want to get you to bring up to the church is things that you and i've talked about um is you guys are going to Mexico. A lot of people have a lot of ideas about Mexico. You know, the first thing we think, oh, you know, everything's cheaper. Let's go buy bootleg movies in Mexico, which don't do that, by the way. Um, <clears throat> and uh, But everybody thinks everything's cheaper. Everybody thinks, you know, oh, it's not going to take a lot to support you guys. You know, this is going to be kind of an easy thing. And everybody expects, oh, they're just going to go, you know, suffer for Jesus. And, uh, and, but, but, but tell me, you know, and tell us. What is it going to take for you guys to go down there? And, and what is the difference kind of in those stereotypes that people have about Mexico? You know, everybody has these stigmas of, oh, it's, it's just going to be this way and this way and this way. Well, tell everybody about that and exactly what you guys are, are trying to raise. Because we're not, uh, even though we're, we're sending them and even though we're going to be praying for them, we are going to bless them. We're going to partner with them financially and all those things. And it's going to be great. Um, they're still going to need other churches. and They're going to need other support as well. So why don't you just share a little bit about that, if you don't mind, for just a second. Sure. Um, we're going to be moving to Puebla, where we'll be staying, uh, at least initially, in an apartment not too different than what you see around here. It's, it's modest. Um, the utilities, when uh, we've been down there uh, for lots of one-week trips, we've never had the utilities work for a full week. So um, I'll say the standard of living and the standard of, of kind of what, what there is is much lower, but the cost of living is, is, is higher. It's the same or not, if not higher, than here. So people have kind of that, that misconception that that, um, you know, it, it's dirt cheap to live there or something. Um, Puebla is a state and a city. It's kind of like New York, New York. We're going to Puebla, Puebla. And um, in that regard, Puebla is one of the more affluent, I'll say, states of Mexico. Um, it's, I'll say, maybe almost like the California of the U.S. where everything costs a little bit more and there's this kind of uh, just a little bit of different economic tier there. Um, so it's kind of like that. Puebla is also one of the safest states in Mexico. It's not border, it's not vacation, it's just a kind of a central state in Mexico. So it's got that advantage that we, um, you know, we can find some, <laughs> some peace knowing that uh, it's not quite as bad as you might hear on the news and things like that. They still recommend that we fly down, that we not drive the length of Mexico and, and go through the border crossing and things with the girls and everything, but, um, but it's a safe area. Um, in that the cost of living is, is real similar, we do need to raise about $4,000 a month and so that's just an ongoing commitment that we're, we're just trusting in the Lord to provide. Um, and again, that's, that's a, a modest um, amount to live on there in that circumstance and in those conditions. Because um, that just um, doesn't go to like a salary. Tell them a little bit about what all is in right. that. Of that 4000 uh, there is an administrative fee for Living Hope that they're bringing us on, and it, it helps support the, the ministry there. Um, and uh, it, it, there's... Visa passport stuff. There's legal stuff. There's there's some of that other kind of outlying kind of ongoing expenses of staying there and being a foreigner there. Um, we do need to buy a vehicle, so that's going to be an immediate need that we do have when we get down there. Um, you know, and so it's not like um, like we're just living off of that, um, but we are certainly going to um, have and not have based on kind of our support levels, like a missionary would typically have. Right. Okay. And um, just kind of tell everybody, I know you've explained a little bit about you guys' background with your graphic and marketing and all those things like you guys have also done for the church and uh, for where you worked as well. Um, but what else are you guys going to do there and what other ministries kind of they have going on that you guys are going to be partnering with and, and working on? 
Sure. Living Hope has uh, several different, I'll say, facets or parts of the ministry. They've got a school to teach the 100 or so kids. So they've got a school that goes from the littlest all the way up to uh, now they've even got two college students, which is just an answer to prayer. And it's just neat to see these kids who had no opportunity now starting to see opportunity ahead. Uh, they've got a church that sprung up initially out of the kids and the need for the kids to be in a church of now that church is a thriving church of 600. Um, there's the ministry school I spoke of where Alyssa's sister is currently enrolled. Um, that's an intense five-month training course of kind of uh, just seeking God's calling and ministry in your life, whether it be long-term missions or whether, you know, it be some other work. Um, they've even got a publishing company. Someone donated a printing press, and so they train the kids on how to run the printing press, and they do translation and publishing work. At one point, they were even the second largest publisher of Christian literature in Mexico. Um, you know, so they, were, they had the presses running, and they were publishing books. You know, and so, again, it's an enabling ministry. It's not just a handout. It is a long-term facility, so the kids are there from when they arrive until they're, they're old enough to make decisions to move on or to a lot of them do stay on staff or, or stay in the ministry. But, um, so we'll be, we'll be kind of playing a role in those ministries, being involved in the church and these other things. Uh, but part of it is going to be communicating and marketing and advertising some of those things um, just so um, short-term trips and young people know they exist and just kind of getting the word out about that and, uh, and just that, that recognition. <coughs> Um, Living Hope kind of grew grassroots out of nothing, of just a couple of kids off the street to now having these 100 kids. Now there's an 11-acre campus where there's a dorm building, a big dorm building, and a guest house, but they still need the infrastructure. They need uh, an industrial kitchen. They're just breaking ground shortly on uh, an industrial kitchen and a community center where the kids can finally eat in somewhere other than a tent where dust and dirt is flying around. And, um, and so there's, there's some big steps that they're about to start taking. And from a marketing and design standpoint, those big steps also have to kind of be reflected in, in just the, the, the image of the, the ministry. And I know Word of Grace here, a, a lot of the graphics and things that you see around you are, are kind of nice. They're, they're spiffy. They're, they're, they're done with excellence. And that's important. It's not all coming down to how things look, but it shows that it's valuable. It adds credibility. Um, there's even some uh, corporate sponsors who've come on board now with Living Hope. Uh, Kohler donated all of the fixtures for the dorm building, um, so they played a, a significant role in that. Home Depot donated tile and some other things down there. Um, so they're getting to the point where it's not just a grassroots kind of cobbling things together. They're getting to a level where uh, both the literature and the message and the communication just needs to be refined a bit. And uh, they do have a staff there that we are in the process of and will be training uh, to kind of to do that kind of work. But uh, it's important, we feel, to really bring that to that next level of awareness and participation by churches and organizations and things. Awesome. Very cool. Well, uh, again, I really appreciate you sharing. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you guys so much for coming out today. Thank you for just listening. And as God has been maybe moving on your heart today, um, I just want to give you an opportunity because at the close of this service, we're going to have a couple people in the back uh, that are going to have some buckets. So if I could just have a couple of ushers. Uh, make sure that you get a couple of buckets uh, back there, offering buckets. And, and if you want to give towards uh, Dave and Alyssa, if you would, just make your check out to Word of Grace, just like you normally do, just in your memo line, write Dave and Alyssa Weed in there, and we'll make sure that we uh, get that to them. And, or you can just take your cash uh, envelope, make sure you just note that on there so we know that that's what, that for, uh, that's, what that's for. Nothing, uh, no lines get crossed. Or if you're an online giver and you want to do that, you can uh, just make it in the little comment section. Or you guys have a website 
that they can also go to that, that uh, tell them what's the website? Yeah, the website is on your card. It says Those Who Go. Yeah. People have a hard time spelling our name, so we went Those Who Go. <laughs> uh, and there you can read more of our story, kind of our background, and that's where I we'll before be. E. I before E, except after C. That's right. That's right. But uh, so there you can you can actually connect and kind of sign up to get our newsletters and our information. Or just say it like you're from the south, Dave Wade. And if you say <laughs> Dave Wade, then you know you just you spell I E. So <laughs> y'all ain't from the south though, so that does that's not relevant at all. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, no, that's all Sorry. good. Sorry. But uh, and you can use the card in your bulletin too. To uh, you know, we'd we'd be honored if we'd make uh, a spot on your fridge to pray for us there that you you'd go. keep us, um, you know, top of mind, top of your prayers. That's great. And um, you can give through that site as well. So um, well, just know that we're, we're leaning on, on God's faithfulness and he will be faithful. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as, as you're allowing God to speak to your heart, maybe you want to partner with them on an ongoing basis. Let me tell you something. This is what's cool that we do here at Word of Grace. You may or may not know this. Um, but when you give in the offering, you're not just giving us money so we can, you know, pay salaries and, you know, uh, have cool graphics and, you know, to keep the lights on. Um, that's, that's not why you're giving. You're giving actually because when you give your employer your time, that's really all we have. Our time is our lives, right? And when it all comes down to it, it's all about, you know, I'm giving my time. And when you give your employer t- your time in exchange for your time and your skills, they reimburse you and they, they give you a check. And so when you sow into a church, when you sow into a ministry, you're actually sowing a part of who you are. And that's why sometimes it's hard to let go of money because we're holding on. I gave my, I earned this, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm giving of my heart. The Bible says that uh, where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart will be also. Luke 12 and 34. And so when you invest in the kingdom of God, when you invest in what Dave and Alyssa are doing, you're partnering with them. So when you give here at Word of Grace, our church is committing to sponsoring them on a monthly basis. And so in doing so, the money that you give will go towards that, but also above and beyond that. We want to see them supported because we want to see them taken care of. We want to see them succeed. Amen, somebody? We want to see them do well. That's what we're here to do. And so I want us to just kind of send them out with a prayer. I want us to just bless them with a prayer. So if I could have my pastoral staff come on stage and join me. And if I could have Alyssa and Kaylee and Sierra, if you guys would just join us.